0: and welcome to the latest edition of the TetraCast. my name is zachary i'm your host we're on the july 22nd 2017 edition here so joining me this week as always we've got adam Vitaly. it's
1: my second week in a row but before then it's been a while
0: yeah but you're usually the one who's always with us so that's why i like to call you the usual you're the usual the usual guest. yes all right <laughs> and joining us this I week try. uh yeah of course you do. Joining us this week is, in fact, uh, a new member to the site staff. Uh, we've got James Galizio. How you doing, man?
2: I'm doing fine. It's been great. a bit of a long week, but yeah.
0: Did I pronounce your last name right? Because I feel like I butchered it just now.
2: No, it's fine. It's okay. fine. <laughs> That's
0: good. <laughs> yeah, so, um, of course, you you just joined our staff this past week. Uh, you're going to be focusing, it seems to be, on a lot of Monster Hunter stuff. That's kind of the stuff you told me about, that you are... Uh, uh, the other places you've worked out, that's kind of been your thing. Um, usually the go-to guy, I guess, it sounds like, for covering that that series. And have you been catching, um, just before we get into the big conversation about the stuff we're going to talk about this week, have you been catching some of that Monster Hunter World uh, stuff that's coming out of Comic-Con?
2: Uh, no, actually, I haven't. Yeah, um, was... I understood that um, Capcom was going to go really big on Comic-Con this year since they've been uh, they weren't at an Anime Expo, but
0: yeah. No, they weren't. Um, apparently, they they canceled their um, fighting game panel. I guess that they were going to have during Evo. Instead, they had this Comic Con panel that was supposed to be about their current and future games, and they showed some of the weapon gameplay and stuff like that. And the crowd seemed to be totally into it. So maybe after this, you'll you'll be sure to check it out. But yeah, that's, that's like different. this is like yeah, the I first game because right. for me, like I haven't played any of the monster games since like the first ps2 one and so this is like my first real uh shot at trying it yeah i haven't there's just something about it that i just couldn't get into but this seems to be like the first game i think it's because i was playing a lot of tokiden and um after that it felt like i should really try it again and see if it's all good
1: just to step back a second like one reason why we wanted james to join was because while there are some people on staff like alex that have played some monster hunter games. Like we didn't really have anyone who was like really that knowledgeable with them. So like oh. we wanted to cover them because they kind of are like very RPG like and they and very well fit in our wheelhouse. But like when we try to cover them, it was actually kind of difficult. Like, wait, is this a new feature? I don't know. I'm not as familiar. Is this a new care or a new, uh, like creature? Like we we we're just we're kind of running into these, like kind of the silly things, like cause we, cause of unfamiliarity. Um, in trying just to be, you know, informed on it, so we definitely could could definitely use someone like James, who is, I assume, a little bit more informed on the different games than oh, we are.
0: Yeah, and it. it I just... only
1: I only played one of the uh, the PSP games, at, like Frontier Two or whatever. Um, and Freedom to be too, honest, I, I kind of hated it. I'm not saying anything about the game's quality; it's more that I I just didn't get what I was doing, and I was frustrated. Um, <laughs> so. I remember like killing a monster and then like trying to cook the meat. And then like, I kept like burning it or something. And I was
0: just like, screw this. You cooked and then it I too gave long, up. Man cooked it too long. I mean, just so people know, that's kind of the reason why we don't really have any real monster center reviews on the site or not a lot of coverage. It's just because it's kind of out of our depth, but James, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about your history with the series?
2: Um, I started playing the series. I want to say, ah, God, seven or eight years ago, somewhere around then, whenever, um, monster hunter freedom unite came out on the psp i first kind of tried it out i remember at first like uh yeah i wasn't really into it at first too it's really hard to get into especially with freedom unite but um something just clicked and i've been (laughs) hopelessly addicted to that series ever since um i think yeah i have played every game that's come out since freedom unite including the japanese only ones what would you say is your favorite entry in the series so far that's really hard to say because part of me is really nostalgic for freedom unite but the problem is is that freedom unite is really really hard to get into as a new fan now because it has a bunch of minor issues that some of them add to its charm but some of them are just really annoying like really really poor hitboxes is it's one
0: sounds like that's what adam played yeah
2: Um, I'd say my favorite would probably have to be Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate, which is one of the more recent ones. Yeah. It's, yeah. definitely 3DS, right?
0: Yeah. It seems like the the more recent it gets, the better the game is, especially because it's obviously being more and more embraced in the West. And it's because 4 Ultimate seem to be that, that, um, that, uh opening for a lot of people in the West who really give it a try. And it, it felt like that's for the people that I follow online who are huge in that game, like uh Gaijin Hunter is a big guy, a big into the series himself. And he writes a ton of guides for it. He was even saying like, it was the best onboarding experience that the series has ever had. So that seems to be the best thing, the tutorialism, uh, the tutorials and stuff like that. So I'm, I, I understand that's the thing. Like, have you ever, uh, have you really been checking into that double cross, uh, expansion game that came out?
2: Yeah, I've been playing it on my 3DS, and I actually had imported Cross before it came out in the West. As, uh, I know you play Hardware.
0: Imports, yeah, yeah. I was curious about
2: that. So, um, yeah, yeah, I played a little cool. bit of it. I kind of, once the Switch version was announced, I kind of backed off a bit because I figured it would be much more comfortable to play that game on a home console or at yeah, least yeah. with an actual analog stick and not that crappy little nub that the new 3DS has. So,
1: Yeah, I know a lot of people who, like... They're I, I don't know how to describe them. They're like reluctant Monster Hunter fans. Like, I like Monster Hunter, but I wish it wasn't on 3DS. So uh, yeah. With Double Cross and um, uh, World coming out on consoles, they're much more excited for these. Um, these are the first console ones since uh,
0: the 3. Wii U one, right?
2: Yeah. yeah, the Wii U one, which was just the port of the 3DS version that came yeah. out in Japan like a year earlier.
0: Yeah, and I mean, obviously, there's Monster Hunter Frontier, which is the online game, so those do exist. But as far as like a single player experience mixed with the multiplayer, yeah, it's it's that. Yeah, it's it's kind of just an yeah expanded version of those games. If you want to go way back, like it hasn't really been that way since Monster Hunter (laughs) Two. So, and that I don't think Monster Hunter Two ever came to the West, did it? I think no, Monster Hunter
2: Two, or as it's called, Monster Hunter DOS, because it's funny for whatever reason. For the first three games, they had that. For the sequels they had Monster Hunter Dose instead of Monster Hunter oh, 2, Monster right. Hunter Tri instead of Monster yeah. Hunter 3. Um, I would say that actually, Monster Hunter Tri was the first really big change to Monster Hunter. I mean, Monster Hunter 2 did have some changes, but not to the extent that Tri changed up the formula. Uh, I'm getting a lot of that kind of Tri vibe, as in, like, changes wise with Monster Art World, so I'm pretty excited to see that. Yeah, World is
0: clearly a game that's built for the ground up for consoles, considering it's going to be on the PS4 and uh, PC.
2: And Xbox One.
0: And Xbox One. Yeah, no, no word on the Switch just yet, which I'm sure bums out it's a lot of... Yeah, yeah it's like just the double cross apparently that's that's that might be coming to the switch in the west although it's only noticed it's only announced for the japan uh so far they haven't announced it for the west just yet as far
2: as if it's going to come out in the west it's probably going to be after monster world because yeah, they it's painfully obvious that they've got all of their um, localization team or at least their monster Hunter team working on world and they that takes up a lot of resources yeah like world
1: first of all when does world come out is, it, is that is that Early gonna be a worldwide 20.
2: release that's a world worldwide yeah, release. yeah yeah they did yeah say. like
1: and i and i you know for that i know like the trailers and everything are already in english like text and voices so like they're um like they're really and and of course the steam release and all that you know they're really trying to breach into that you know the, the worldwide market for that. So,
0: well, James, do you do you buy the um, the rumor that was going around that the only reason that they brought Double Cross to the Switch is like a make good with Nintendo because they made world for systems that were not Nintendo? Do you do you buy that?
2: I don't know. It seems like something Capcom would have to do. <laughs> They're <laughs> not the smartest company sometimes. But uh, I I honestly don't know. I I mean, there was was this 4chan (laughs) rumor that people were talking about, like, a few months ago, like, before World was announced, that there was something along the lines of, like, Sony paid for Monster Hunter 5 to to just be not on Nintendo. And they didn't care if it was on PC or Xbox. And now we have Monster Hunter World, which is Monster Hunter 5, and it's PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. I then guess, there was yeah, the but... second rumor that uh, Double Cross was going to be on Switch eventually. And then, so I think that rumor might have some weight to it just because there's been so many coincidences that it have lined up with it that it feels like there might be something there.
0: I mean, yeah, it's for me, I think it feels more like Capcom had to do this because clearly Street Fighter. It has its audience, of course, but that's not going to... I mean, and it's sold a, a decent amount of copies, but Monster Hunter is clearly their biggest property, and if they're going to only keep it on Nintendo systems outside of Frontier, of course, that's not really going to help them. They need to survive as a company, so they need to expand it to more uh, platforms. Obviously, it would have been great if World was also included on the Switch, because I think that would have been a, a great game to have the on the Switch. the problem with that still. is
2: is that they were feeling the constraints of the 3DS. I think that's fairly Absolutely, obvious. Totally,
0: yeah.
2: And the big problem with Monster Hunter is that it's very popular on handheld systems and so at least a couple of yeah. um, console versions haven't done that well in Japan. And the Wii U version was of uh, three ultimate was just stuck on the Wii U. So yeah,
0: not many didn't do know.
2: very well <laughs> yeah. anywhere. Um, it will be interesting to see how Monster Hunter World does though. Something that's, interesting that should be brought up is the fact that there is actually two monster hunter teams at capcom there's one that in recent years has kind of just done the majority of the lion's share of the work you'd say and then there is the second team which has done generations and double cross and they actually worked on the previous psp releases that were um you know monster freedom monster freedom e2 and unite and then monster portable Third. that was a separate team so it will be interesting to see if that team will continue working on portable monster hunters and if we might see that split that there used to be where there was the PSP versions and then there was the console versions.
1: Okay, as someone who's kind of a neophyte to Monster Hunter, can you succinctly describe like what is the like what is the actual like tangible difference between like Monster Hunter World and Monster Hunter Double Cross cuz like other than obviously different platforms, but like are they like fundamentally different types of games? In, well, in we, ways...
2: don't know, we don't know too much about Monster Hunter World yet because so, it's, it's still coming out in like a little under a year. Let's assume that because early 2018 can be yeah. as far as like May or something like Six that. Six to nine months, something like that, yeah. Um, I will say though that the big difference between Monster Hunter World and Monster Hunter Double Cross is Monster Hunter World. There are still um, segmented areas, like has always been in Monster Hunter. I don't think that's ever going to change, but there's no loading zones. There's more of an emphasis on environmental gameplay, I should say. Okay, like obviously. Messing with around the... With the guy, like yeah. messing around with the environment, trying to knock things out of the air, using the grappling hook, knocking monsters into traps. And that's something that's in some form has been in the series since Monster Hunter, well, freedom... Freedom 2 or something like that. It's been in there for a while, but they've put more of a focus on that now. Uh, I I I remember they showed a trailer. Sorry. Yeah, it's more uh, arcadey, I'd say. Mm -hmm. Um, Monster Hunter Generations, the idea was they were adding a bunch of different things into a new Monster Hunter game, and it was like, hey, this might not work, but we're going to see what works and what doesn't. It was basically a big melting pot of just random ideas that Capcom had for the series. Ah, uh, Double Cross is an expansion on that. In regards to it, adds a few more fighting styles, which I'm pretty sure fighting styles or hunter arts or and hunter style um hunting styles aren't going to be in World, but it is going to be interesting to see exactly how much from Double Cross stays in Monster World because it was something that they were trying to uh, okay what let's wor- um, what works and let's see how we can expand on that in the next game. Mm-hmm. So
0: yeah awesome i mean that's that's the thing like this is obviously going to big uh be a big chance for a lot of people to play it that didn't own a Nintendo console or, or a handheld or anything like that if like big Sony fans or big xbox fans or you know p c owners so I think it's a fantastic opportunity, and I'm excited to see um how it helps the series grow in the West because it seems like it's such a great series it just hasn't really been accepted as much uh and like I, I said for myself like the reason i got so into tokiden is because it was way more story focused uh but after playing the game it's obviously a lot a big part of it is just like monster Hunter, it's grinding by finding monsters and collecting their parts and making armor out of it like that appeal alone is something like because obviously it's the core gameplay that's something that uh, should carry people to uh, monster Hunter. and i think tokiden may have helped ease that access to them but we'll see so, yeah, well, let's go ahead and get to uh, the games that we've been playing as well. Then, let's get into the podcast proper. And since James, you've been kind of uh, teeing up here, how about we focus on what you've been playing here? Now, before we got this podcast started, you were playing a ranked, game, uh, ranked match of Splatoon 2. How's that sequel been treating you?
2: Um, I honestly don't understand why so many reviews have been saying, oh, it's too much of the same. I mean, it's a sequel. There's a lot of new stuff to it. The mm-hmm. uh, single player has a lot of new features. It's got the grind rails. It's got the ability to use a bunch of different weapons in each level from the get-go. Salmon Run is way crazier than I thought it was going to be going in. Like, Actually, super difficult, too, at the higher difficulties. I was not expecting that. Um, I mean, what can you say? It's Splatoon. There's a lot of new stuff in it, but it's... It's like a more proper sequel, not a Nintendo sequel, if that makes sense.
1: no, remind me, the original Splatoon only came out, like, two years ago, right? 2015?
2: Yes. It came so, out in May of 2015.
1: So, like, this is a pretty quick turnaround for a sequel, um, just being basically two years later. Um, and also, the original Splatoon, which I've only played a very little bit of, I, I remember when that first launched, it was heavily criticized for its, you know, lack of content, like number of maps and things like that, number of weapons. And then that was something they kind of continually improved over time. Um, Splatoon 2, I assume, from what I can tell, not so many of those issues, but they can yeah. obviously always add stuff. <laughs> so.
2: Yeah, I would say that at least as far as the uh, regular multiplayer and like the, uh, there's less regular multiplayer content in Splatoon 2 right now than there was with Splatoon at the end of its life cycle. But I'm pretty sure that's not going to stay that way for very long. Mm-hmm. And even just looking at Splatoon 2 versus Splatoon 1 end of life, I'd say there's more content in Splatoon 2 now than overall than Splatoon 1 had at the very end. So I don't think it's a problem with like not yeah. enough content. But you've been having a good time with it, sounds like. Oh, yeah, totally. Fantastic game. I mean... You're going to be hearing a lot of people say that Salmon Run is amazing because it really is one of the best horde type modes I've played in a game in a long time
1: great how's I mean... the uh, how's the uh, chat setup treating you?
2: Oh God, <laughs> you guys already know the trouble I had to go through just to have game and chat audio in one freaking stream. I was not spending money to get one of those stupid Splatoon Two headsets just for that goddamn audio mixer. <laughs>
0: I don't blame so, you. That was a ridiculous setup. Yeah. I've seen pictures. It's uh it's... way more complicated than it needs to be, for sure. People have been,
1: you know, having their fun poking fun at it. But you know, also well actually being actually being uh legitimately frustrated, like why does it have to be this way? <laughs> but
2: uh, At the so. very least I will say that everything else in the app separated from the voice chat is actually pretty nice.
1: Like that's
2: You can look at your stats. You can look at the uh, schedule for the map rotations and when um, which mode is going to be available, when which map is going to be up. You can look at um, what your friends have been doing. And also, there's the ability for you to uh, order specific equipment pieces from the app and then just buy them when you get back to the game from a specific merchant in the plaza. Uh. Very nice. And actually, the uh, app-exclusive uh, equipment right now is pretty overpowered because in Splatoon, you, each equipment has slots. And as you rank up the equipment, one of the slots randomly gets assigned a new ability. Oh. So right now, like if you're just starting out, you can only get equipment with one slot on them. But... If you're going on the app, you can get equipment that has four slots on them.
0: Oh, geez. Okay. So you're already way overpowered at that point. Sorry, yeah. anyway. no. They want people to use the app. <laughs> Jeez. Makes sense. I mean, yeah. I've heard that the app has got its own problems itself, but, you know, they'll work that stuff out. It's really, like, it's just, obviously, it's a it's a whole new thing for them. So I'm not too surprised that there's been some real issues. It's like they can patch in features, but, you know, the voice chat thing it sounds like people should just stick to Discord or Skype or something like that or TeamSpeak. Something else outside of Nintendo's weird
2: setup. The uh, private match system, if you actually have a full group of people to play it, it's really nice. Um, sorry for a train. I live right next to Um I, <laughs> uh, I was just in the kind of funny games Discord like an hour ago, and we uh, set up a uh, nine-person game, like one person spectating and giving commentary about what was going on, and they were streaming it. And there was four people on both sides, and we did a uh, tower control map, and that was really fun. So, yeah.
0: I mean, yeah, as long as it's the setup, is perfectly fine. It's just, the yeah, the voice chat might be a, a different thing. But obviously, those matches right. are so short, it's like you probably don't really have much time. It's because that's, I mean, people got by playing the original Splatoon just by, without voice chat I mean, uh, whatsoever. So. Yeah,
2: and whatnot. Yeah, it's <laughs> no
0: big difference there. All right, so besides Splatoon 2, though, you've been playing some of that Crash Insane trilogy. Now, I got that during that whole uh, Prime Price Day. Glitch. Yeah, $6. Same here. Oh, that's how you got yeah. it. I need to get around to playing it. I heard that um, that game
2: is way tougher than the originals. I can't say, because this is actually my first time playing Crash Manticoot.
0: Oh, I heard it's about the, the jumping and the way you fall. is like It's been impacted. But yeah, how's that? Yeah, it was the first time. There's yeah.
2: actually physics to your jump now, so if you only yeah. somewhat clip. A platform, you're going to slip off, whereas before you might have stayed on it.
0: Did you did you see that they put out a free map for Crash Insane? Like you can download yeah, it. Yeah,
2: Stormy Ascent. It was yes. actually a map that was finished in the first game, but they decided at the last minute. Oh, this map is too difficult. Let's it's, not have it in here.
0: Not only that, it was too. Long. It was like a very a very long map, and I'm I'm interested in playing it. But yeah, for you, obviously, you don't have the nostalgia that people other people have for the series. You've been clearly coming to this for the first time, which you know. People like me kind of hope that they do that with like the Spyro series and to pick like that.
2: So, how oh, does- I hope they do the Spyro oh. too, because I did play the original Spyro games a little bit back when I first got my PSP. I got Spyro games to play on that. It's pretty
0: yeah, nice. I, and, and actually, it seems like it's gonna. It's, it's a very good chance it'll be made because apparently, Crash and Saint Trilogy was only on the um, the charts. It was only out for two days, and it's already in like the top three or four of the of the charts. So clearly, that it's huge for them. On NPD,
2: which is based off of revenue, it's number four. That's I'm, yeah. worldwide. It was the best selling single, um, single uh, SKU game in June.
0: Yeah. So that was 2 days that it was out. So that's insane. But how's that how's that game been for you though?
2: Um I will say the controls did take a little bit to get used to. <laughs> yeah. I did notice that, but um once I started getting used to them, I've been having a, a grand old time. Like I if I'd bought this for 40 bucks, I would have been happy, but getting it for $6 is like <laughs> goddamn, this is a steal.
0: Uh it was um, literally a steal at some point. I mean, it's well, okay, not literally, but it's
2: practically one. So Yeah, I mean, part of the reason why I bought it is I had a friend that was wanting to play and I was like, okay, I'll get this for $6, and once I'm done with it, or if I don't have any, if I don't like it, I can just give it to him.
1: Yeah, I mean, $6, like, definitely worth just trying it.
2: Yeah, they had the uh, Uncharted
0: Trilogy for around that price not long ago, and I picked it up at that price, because yeah, like, that's... Hell of a deal, and I'm, uh, you know, people like to make fun of remasters and all that stuff. But you know, for some of us, it's just nice to be able to go back and play those games without having to hook up an old console. You know, and in this case, they actually put the work in and made some changes to it and adding new content. So.
2: They keep calling it a remaster, but I don't think that's very fair to the game itself because they are very much remakes.
0: They call actually they called it a remake, and people are like, it's second like uh it's a, it's a much more. Well, I'm sorry, I think they. What was it they, they called call it, a it a remaster, remaster. They, they yeah they called it a remaster and it was in fact a remake so yeah i totally understand that especially because like the visuals are totally different like there's way more depth of field and stuff like that to it that wasn't existing in the original and they changed like the some of the uh the camera i think to make it different too to make it easier to control but then again apparently it's not helping with the way that the, the crash moves so i wonder if like obviously yeah. this is something that was working with um Activision who still as far as I know still owns the rights to the Crash Bandicoot IP and they said maybe we'll bring it to the Switch uh which you know that's that's kind of crazy to think about playing those original Crash games
2: although the I could see of- it working. Yeah. I mean you could tone down the graphics a little bit. I mean it's 1080p on the original PlayStation 4 so yeah that's that's 720p weird. docked could probably work.
0: I can't think. I was like trying to think of like any other trilogy of games that I'd love to see come back that were from like that. Did Sly Cooper ever get a remastered version?
2: I think it did, right? Yeah, it did on PS3. I don't
1: know if it got a PS4 remaster. No, it's on (laughs) PS3
2: and it's also on Vita. Yeah, Sly Cooper. I know they had a new Sly Cooper game. I just didn't. remember. Well, Sly
1: Cooper
0: and Jack and Daxter did, but
1: those were PlayStation two games, not PlayStation one games. So they were just more. Kind of they, like were, they
0: were remasters, literally remasters, right? yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can't remaster a PlayStation 1 game anyway, so uh, mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense. I would just, I mean, I definitely want to get to that
2: as soon as possible. Um, obviously well, I guess you sense. could remaster a PlayStation 1 game if it was 2D. Yeah.
0: Maybe Jumping Flash or something like that would be cool. Brave Fencer Musashi. I'm just thinking about games that can. <laughs> Actually, honestly, Sony owns the rights to a lot of RPGs, and so I'd love to see them do that stuff. Like, they announced those remakes of, uh, oh, excuse me, the mobile games of, like, Ark the Lad and uh, Wild, Wild Arms. Arms. Yeah. that the, I would love to see, like, remakes of those games, but that's, like, a whole other thing. Like, Legend of Dragoon, like, that'd be a whole other project. Not, like, something like this, which uh, there's way more fans of Crash Bandicoot than there yeah, are I... of Ark the Lad or Wild Arms, so.
1: I remember some doofy insider was saying that, like, Shadow Hearts is going to get remastered, too. Oh, just that like... would be
0: so good. It was P- those PS2 games, <laughs> like, never years happened. 3, were so damn good. Even the third one. People seemed to crap on the third one. But I liked From the New World, so.
1: <laughs> it just uh, didn't
0: have the same characters, so. <laughs> no, it didn't. Uh, I don't think Yuri, yeah, no, none of no. the characters showed up in the third nope. one. Well, no.
1: it had, like, it was still in the same world. Like, you had, like. Technically, you remember like the vampire guy in Shadow Hearts 2, I forget his name. It's yeah, like man. he's like Russian or Eastern European and like you have his sister
0: oh, in Shadow yeah. Hearts 3.
1: So it's like they're the same like world but they're just totally different characters otherwise, but yeah. Which they're kinda... goofy. They're really goofy games, especially the the second and the third. It was like it was Anyway, like a... I was, just, I was yeah. just
0: thinking of RPGs that Sony still has, I think control over oh no uh shadow hearts is a i believe it's uh, that's not i, th- sony I thought property.
1: sony had the first one and then like i know Xe did the third one and it's just kind of weird
0: <laughs> yeah but like the japanese whites I, I think it is acquired because midway actually published the first one so that's because i remember like the midway logo would appear and i was like oh that's interesting i don't think it's i don't think sony's involved at all at that stuff honestly um I do know like what happened after that was like the Shadow Arts team worked on Lost Odyssey. Like that's the last thing I could think of that involved anything re- regarding that team. That's why you had a little bit of the Judgment Ring in uh, Lost Odyssey a little bit there. Uh mm-hmm. so yeah, so besides Crash and Saint Trilogy though, I mean it sounds like you've also started off on Ano Kiseki, which is of course people don't know. It's That's the fourth one or the fifth one.
2: Uh fifth game. Fifth and- game. Zero, Zero is the fourth. Is the fourth,
1: one. fourth? okay yeah I get them i i forget i get I forget the order of the CrossFell games
0: <laughs> yeah I noticed that uh there's people obviously working on translations, but you just should have played it in Japanese, didn't you uh
2: I'm going through uh al in Japanese, but I played zero in Japanese uh yes. right before e three actually, so it's like around that time frame. So, Reason I didn't start out right afterwards is because okay, I really can't do this to myself. <laughs> like right before going to E3, nah, this is not going to happen.
0: Did you did you play Cold Steel? Yeah, I did. Oh, okay. I did. I um, thought you were playing through it, <laughs> like literally getting through the 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 series like that canonically. So
2: no, nah, I originally planned to do it that way, but then E3 2016, I was like, okay, X-Seed's going to be having Cold Steel to at their booth and I'm going to get spoiled spoiled anyways, I might as well just rip that mandate off and be ready for it. So makes sense.
0: Makes sense. Doesn't zero
1: have a fan translation now?
2: Uh, A really kind of,
1: there's several. I saw saw some some weird like translation things on it. Like,
2: yeah um, like actually
1: happens- doing like the actually doing like the kind of humorous like editor's note this means this it's like oh come on
2: <laughs> i actually know a lot about what's going on with that because <laughs> i've been part of the nihon falcom discord for quite a while um josh is part of it too so he could probably say the same things um but what's going on with the zero no Kisky translation is actually really interesting and the yeah, no nokiski translation too is but i'll get there uh Originally, there was somebody that there was a team that was working on translating it that did the Nayuta no Kisiki translation, I'd say like two years back, something like that, like a little bit longer than that, I think. And it was not a Google translation, but the person that was translating it knew Japanese and Italian, but he didn't really know English that well. Oh. Yeah. So you know, um, the Zero no Kisiki is better, but it's still not good. And they're, they were going to edit it after the fact. But then the person that was kind of spearheading that just disappeared. So the project got transferred over to a group of people that are really big in the Nihon Falcon fandom. But what happened is, is that there was originally, there was a version of the pre-edits translation that ended up getting leaked. And just to let you know how old this translation that's out there is right now, it was a May... 2015 build oh my god okay so that's okay that's not even the most humorous part though uh i'd say about a month ago yeah about a month ago that sounds right uh out of nowhere somebody just came up and said hey by the way well he was like talking on the i, I want to say the falcom subreddit and he said oh yeah i actually translated down no for my um girlfriend and also did Zero no Kisuke. People were like, wait, what? <laughs> that's
0: so, nuts. That's
2: a big game to be just doing and people at first thought he was just like talking shit because, I mean, those are huge games. Most people would law, just...
0: Like Lord of the Rings size. They're like gigantic He games. was not joking.
2: Yeah. So right now, there's three separate translations going on for Zero no Kisuke. There's the original leaked one. And there's the one that's being edited. And then there's the spreadsheet that this one person did for his girlfriend.
0: Just... Just so she would like it.
2: <laughs> no, just so she could play the game. And then he did a spreadsheet for Aonokitsuki no as well. Oh my God. Now, granted, both these spreadsheets don't translate everything, but they translate the most of the side quests, the main storyline, and some of the bonding events. So if someone wanted to, they could have that spreadsheet open while they're playing that game, and they could probably play through both those games right now.
0: I mean that's kind of what a lot of people had to get by with before like I played some Persona 3 like that so that's not out of the question but jeez that's yeah. amazing and that's and that's so much work uh that he did for his girlfriend that obviously that's going to really help the community. If he clearly he it was great that he was willing to give that out to everybody else cuz man,
2: I mean But he, yeah, it was crazy because one week there was no way to play Crossbell in English. There was no like Public translation for Zero Nokiski, and there was no like murmurs or anything for an Al Nokiski translation. And then the very next week, you have the elite translation for Zero, and then you have the spreadsheet for Al.
0: What would you say is the one that's getting the most attention? Is it the guy from the subreddit, or is it the one that was already being worked on?
2: Uh, probably the guy from the subreddit, just because he's actually gone on to start helping the teams that are working on the Zero Nokiski translation. And uh, oh shit, I can't really talk about anything past that.
0: No, that's fine. But is it, was he one of the guys was he one of the guys was that was at Anime Expo is that a different person? Uh, he was not at Anime Expo. Oh okay. But, oh, uh, interesting to meet the guy. Jeez.
2: Yeah. I'm not sure if you were there when they were talking when were one of the guys from Anime Expo was talking about what they're doing for Rao no I think actually is leaked out about so I can say it. There's some team actually working on a proper translation for Rao Nel no right now and they're using the spreadsheet as a base so i
0: think i've heard about that already yeah i did remember. there might
2: be there. a completed Nokiski fan translation like fully completed and edited and everything before the zero Nokiski fan translation is finished editing that's
0: that's kind of crazy which is also yeah. kind of not great because you're like well i gotta sit around and wait for the other one before. I well can...
2: to put it this way both those games are going to be translated by the time Trails of Cool Steel 3 comes out in the West.
0: Oh, that's no
2: doubt in my mind.
0: And that's, yeah, that's not that's even... paramount
2: because I mean, for someone that's maybe not into the series that much, talking to them, I'm really into the series, but uh, Crossbell is a huge issue for the series as a whole, not just in the narrative, but also in regards to the Western releases. Like... Trails of Cold Steel 3 isn't just the ending to the Erebonia arc of the Trails series. It's also the ending to the Crossbell arc, too.
1: Yeah, I know if you look at the... I've only played the Trails in the Sky games. I haven't played the Cold Steel games. I'll play the PC releases. But, like, I know when you look at the timelines, like, you look at the the Trails in the Sky arcs come first. But then, like, the Crossbell arc and the Erebonia arc overlap. They're not in sequence. Yeah. So yeah, let's, like those uh,
0: events. Just for people who are listening, just so you guys understand the people listening, uh the the canonical order of this, it goes Chosen the Sky, Chosen Sky second chapter, Chosen Sky the third, uh Zionokoseki, Al no Koseki, Chosen no Gold Steel one, two, three. So people listening, that's the order that you'd be playing it. We have never but, gotten I'm sorry? Like all, all, all I was saying just to clarify is like the first three games
1: come like one, two, and three in that order. No, no questions asked. Mm-hmm. But then, like when you go from zero to out to Cold Steel One, like there's overlap. Yes, and in that's, like those events in the world in the world timeline. So that's, that's when he's saying it's yeah. like it's uh, not only the end to the to the Erebonia arc, which is where the Cold Steel games take place, but also to the Crossbell arc. It makes sense because they're kind of these events are happening concurrently in
0: some form. And that's kind of what Exceed was trying to kind of ease people in. It's that, you know, Trails of Cold Steel 1 was supposed to be able to, you'd be able to find a way to still play that game without having played the other ones and so there's a lot of stuff like you can read the books in the game you can talk to the teachers who would instruct you about what's been happening and other students would talk about it so they did try to make it uh falcon at least try to make it so that you didn't necessarily have to and that was actually my first real game that i completed since cold steel uh, excuse me trolls in the sky because i haven't played any other ones really that much um, so, for people listening, though, yeah, we have never gotten Zero, or Zero No Kiseki or Al No Kiseki. We've only got the other ones, except for, obviously, still 3. Falcon continues Which is a damn 3.
2: shame, because yeah. after beating Zero No Kisuki, it's it's like probably my favorite in the series. And from what I understand, Al is even better. So, yeah. yeah.
0: Something to be... Obviously, a are starting now, so you'll be able to experience that for yourself. So, yeah, I mean, the fact that if Falcom, it's be really hard for them to deal with that. Clearly, when those games come over uh zero and out they will clearly be like maybe like you know PC
2: only maybe uh, most likely. Uh Cold Steel I mean, 3 would like be PS4 only. NIS so. America could get them and I would say that there is because uh NIS America has a good relationship with Katakawa and by that um, by that um, they have a good um relationship with Katakawa and is a subsidiary of Katakawa. So there is a possibility there that if NIS America does want to continue releasing Falcom games, they might somehow be able to release the Vita versions of uh, Zero no Kisuki and Al no Kisuki.
0: Maybe, but Vita is kind of like it seems well, like a lot of developers, <laughs> yeah, publishers have kind of given up. I mean, even Bandai Namco oh. and and To NIS Tukun, America like, hasn't though. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, East Eight is is going to be out on the Vita, but it's like um like even even like i said like a lot of publishers are kind of just given up on that stuff and the fact that chosen sky the third was only on pc and not even like a psp release with a vita uh, ability to play it on the vita uh, it seems like they just find... Uh, Falcom obviously seems very much inclined. I mean, you even did an article about this for the site you used to work for, Tech Raptor, that Falcom is well, very still, motivated
2: by I'm freelance, I'm still doing some stuff for them.
0: So. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I just mean like uh, you posted about that uh, yeah. uh, Condo wanted to focus on the entire Steam, li- uh, Steam library. I put all the library on Steam, so that makes sense that it might... like If they do have something in the West, it likely is just a contract to put it on PC and not really to focus too much on a platform that's not doing as well as it used to so
2: yeah
0: but the reason why i do it, you think but, it's kind of remarkable in a way just use, jumping back
1: uh, hmm? i was gonna say i do think it's a little bit remarkable like if you go to, like the beginning of 2015 so this is you know two and a half years ago or whatever i don't remember exactly when the first cold steel game came out localized December it was right around yeah, December I reviewed it. was it, basically so... was it the end of
2: 2014 like the very end uh, 2015 2015
1: the very end of 2015
2: Yeah. I think I know what you're trying to get at and basically, yes, you're right. Before at, right around right the end right of, around the beginning of 2015 oh, guys, don't no talk over each
0: other. What's up?
1: Sorry. <laughs> so, right around the beginning of 2015 the only localized trails game was Trails in the Sky. Mm-hmm. Like that was it. And then now two and a half years later we have five of the games localized. And so we're missing two in the middle. And then the newest one that's not out in Japan quite yet. So that's, I think that's, they, they got those cold steel games, the first two out like within a year. And then they got, you know, second chapter and the third out. It's pretty close to that as well. So, I do think that's kind of remarkable in itself that they've gotten that they were able to get the majority of the series out. And three years ago, it was literally just one game.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, well, you mean one and a half. Yeah, it was December 2015. So it's actually been a much shorter turnaround time. And the fact that you know there's all this excitement around Cold Steel 3 because the the fan base is built because of the fact that we're getting a much quicker turnaround. We mentioned this last week that Chosen Sky the 3rd celebrated its 10th anniversary in Japan uh, very recently. And we only got that game this year. So (laughs) there's clearly been a much better effort to bring it. So uh, I agree with you totally, Adam, about that, though.
2: Yeah, I mean, XC definitely deserves some props for how quickly they've managed to uh, kind of turn around the series fade in the West Mm because... I remember, like Trails in the Sky, when it first came out on PSP, almost bankrupted Xe, didn't it?
0: Yeah, because they had trouble uh, with that. <laughs> it's, it didn't. That disagree. was like what 2011. Yeah, 12? yeah. <laughs> so I think they and well, I remember around that time they actually were able to kind of recover a little bit because they had uh, the Last Story, um, which apparently was the best, most the best selling of their entire company's uh, history. At so, that point, it was. Yeah, yeah uh and you know they were I fighting think... for xenoblade but they didn't get it so like a lot of those things
1: i think exceed's best-selling game now is story of seasons actually yeah
0: it is it's it's <laughs> obviously changed since then and they it's been much better yeah. i imagine that the pc releases have been and... huge for them yeah mm-hmm. yeah cold steel and speaking of which yeah cold steel 2 is uh excuse me cold steel and pc is out a week from tuesday on steam so yeah that is insane, and that's uh, that's really good for them to be seeing that. It's gonna have a lot of content on there, so and you know a lot of people, I am sure, are gonna. I am sorry, it's a week from Wednesday. Is what I meant to say, August second, um, and that'll be big for them. And uh, I can only imagine that's like I said, like if they ever do zero or ow, if unless Nice America does it, uh, that'll be something that'll be pretty substantial. And and uh, the fact it'll be on a PC, you'll be able to play the entire. It's gonna be like you play play Ch- chosen sky. Alan Zero and the Cold Steel series—you start to play them all on your PC at some point, which is kind of crazy to think about, you know. Uh, but I'm I'm excited to see what they do with that, and if they'll like add a new content to either of those games, you know, because well, I know
1: like, like even... even Trails in the Sky the Third on PC uses assets for like the menu art mm-hmm. that's like higher resolution than any Japanese release, like the oh. PlayStation Three releases. Like they have higher quality character art for the menus in those PC in that PC version.
2: Actually, um, uh, they're using PS3 assets.
1: Yeah. I thought they were higher. They they specifically showed like a comparison. Like this is Japanese PS3, this is PC, and we're better.
2: <laughs> That's what I, I sp- to I- say. When they first had the HD assets on FC, at least they said, "Oh, we were waiting for the uh, PS3 assets to implement it." Because when FC first came out on PC. It didn't have the HD portraits and whatnot, and then it was like I want to say, three or four months later, when they were able to push an update that added in those HD portraits.
1: But okay, I guess I could have swore for third they said that their assets were even better than the Japanese PS3. It could have, you yeah. could be um, right. You could be right. It could be that I, it's for the other case, games
0: it wasn't, but for third it was different. Yeah, they're
1: they're like combining the many different releases that these games have gotten and are you know trying to make you know kind of the. Uh, the definitive release on PC. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, and like, for example, this is one thing I do know they also advertised, just very minor, but it's nice. You can skip the S-Craft animation. Yes. The Japanese version. Um, oh this, my gosh, okay. That was, that was that's supposed to take forever.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: They're really so, cool at, at
0: the at the in the first place, but after a while, when you do those S crafts every now and then, it's like All right, I just need to kill this guy. Hurry up!
1: <laughs> also, obviously, with Trails in the Sky or Trails Cold Steel, they're adding English lines. Mm-hmm. So, they're I guess what I'm getting at is is they're they're not just porting these like they are putting their own twist on it and trying to make them as good as they possibly can. Um, so,
0: and it makes yeah. me wonder, you know when we're looking at other companies that are trying to invade Exceed's territory with like access and uh, in East America, are they going to be able to do as much work? Because East America has uh, their Disgaea ports and Phantom and stuff like that, but I mean, you and I know, both know about them. They're not honestly like that. They don't put a whole lot of work into them. Um, but with Exceed, it seems like that's like a huge deal for them. Uh, with, I mean, with all due respect to East America, it's just I'm going off of only like Criminal Girls and stuff like that that I got to review, which was a very basic PC port. So, I'm curious to see what they're able to do well, with like, that stuff.
1: Yeah, like I play the Disgaea PC games and I played uh, their Dungeon Caller PC games. And, you know, all the ports are functional,
0: but yeah. it's basically just a port. Like, you did say that, yeah. You, all the resolution options. I think one big bad,
2: problem yeah. with uh, NS Americas, um, at least them taking e 8s PC version, is the fact that this is something that hasn't really been brought up, but every PC release that Falcom has in the West over the last, like, Eight years is available on GOG DRM free. Yep, yep. But Ease Eight, there's been nothing about. Oh, is it ever going to be DRM free? Probably not. Tokyo's an X plus. Probably not. Now that yeah. could be a problem on uh, GOG's end, and the fact that they just haven't, don't have developer accounts for US America American access games. But I'm guessing part of it's also just the company policy on the localization team's end. So,
1: well, like and- Xseed specifically goes out of their way to make their games available on gog and humble and all that um so like every single one of their games they, i don't i i think they, they, don't, they don't even advertise it as a steam game they advertise it as a pc game because they want it. Yeah. but like yeah like you just said nice america none of their games are on no gog no
0: so. the, everyone obviously really wants them to be but they haven't said anything And I, if i'm not mistaken james you were there with me wasn't there like a question about that
2: uh, I don't know. I think there might have been.
1: I think there might know, have been about
0: it, and they say they had nothing to announce. So
1: and I know whatever. probably the majority of people are going to be Steam users and like, oh, it doesn't matter, but I do know a good number of people who have played the entire East series on GOG. That's like me. They have the, <laughs> yeah, they have the GOG version, so it's like, okay, I guess you're not going to be able to play East." 8.
0: I would prefer <laughs> it on, yeah. on those two, but you know.
2: I mean... I'll play it anyways because I—I I mean, I'm gonna do a review for Tech Raptor and whatnot. But it's like uh, <laughs> I'd prefer to be able to have a DRM-free version too.
0: Absolutely, and and you know, obviously, just to have that option. And you know, you can always just get the GOG version and then just do the add to Steam library option as well. Like, it doesn't yeah. have to be straight up in that library if you just want to catalog it all. But GOG is totally functional. It's it's got a great service, and so would be it'd be kind of sucky if that doesn't happen. But from all the other stuff News America has done, it just doesn't seem like they're going to be doing that it seems like it's going to be a steam exclusive uh which i'm not if i'm not mistaken i think that like a lot of these games that are coming out lately are just steam versions only so
2: it seems like and for most games it wouldn't be a problem i'm just thinking it might be more of a problem for east specifically just because every one of those games on pc has a gog release Mm -hmm. and something i also mentioned in my uh E7 article on Tech Raptor a few, like a week ago was, um, or wasn't, well, anyways, I mentioned it's going to be interesting to see how the disconnect there's going to be because E7's PC version that XC's releasing is going to be on GOG,
0: mm-hmm. but E8 yeah.
2: isn't. And it's mm-hmm. like having those two games released so closely to each other, but having one available on GOG and the other not available on GOG it's going to be really interesting for the casual fan base to it's, see how they it's, react
0: to that. It's straight up just like playing Mass Effect like 1 and 2 and then have to go to Origin to play 3. Yep. <laughs> so it's like that weird disconnect there is totally... The, and they, if I'm not mistaken, I think they came out on PC around that time too. So it sucks. But we don't okay. know what's going to happen. So all we can do is just, you know, talk to Nice an America and people need to show that they really want to have it and show that uh, they yeah. really, really wish it would. Because you never know. One day maybe like... Nice announced, okay, our entire library is on GOG. So it doesn't yeah. matter anymore. So that can totally happen one day. But
2: at this point, it's hard to tell. So is there yeah. anything
0: else that you've been playing though, James, besides those
2: games? I've uh, been getting into Overwatch recently because a bunch of my uh, high school friends have been saying, hey, well, friends from high school and whatnot, they've been saying, hey, get on Overwatch. Like, get Overwatch. They've been saying this for like months now. And I finally relented and actually bought that game. It's pretty damn good.
0: It's a pretty awesome game, and I love it so much. As someone who doesn't really play on PS4,
2: so I've been forced to play on PS4. Oh,
0: well, I've been playing only on PS4, so that's just my thing.
2: (laughs) PS4 version is fine. It's just like I, I wish I could play it on PC because I played Team Fortress 2. Like everyone that has a Steam account at one point in time, so having it, it yeah, i think it's
0: device. great to have it on the consoles though just because also like everyone's only using a gamepad and so like the scale level is just as good as you are with the gamepad and it adapts very well to the feeling of, of the ps4 controller so for me I've, i haven't had any problem whatsoever even if i played most of my shooting games on on computer so but yeah have fun with that it's awesome so with adam okay. Mostly, it sounds like you were... I saw your Twitter feed as you were updating it. uh, You were playing some Final Fantasy VII. Was that the PS4 version?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I... Last week, I talked about Final Fantasy XII a bunch. Mm -hmm. um, And I basically... I got the platinum trophy on that, so I I dumped some hours into it. Um, And I was just... It kind of put me in a Final Fantasy mood. Uh, I guess after, you know, the Lightning games and after Final Fantasy XV, which, you know, I don't hate those games. It just you know it just final fantasy 12 i really really dug and uh, like it put me in a final fantasy mood and like you know what final fantasy 7 is actually kind of a weird game where i had played it before but i actually didn't remember it that well like the some of the the the, the plot beats and things like that and with the remake coming eventually <laughs> one of these days i kind of just like you know what let me just in this this, this PS four version has like the cheats and whatnot. So it's not gonna be a big time commitment if I just kinda blitz through the game real quick just to kind of refamiliarize myself with it and uh you know, reacquaint myself. So I I basically after I finished Final Fantasy twelve, I just played through Final Fantasy seven and I actually finished that this morning. Um and so there were definitely a lot of elements to it that I had forgotten. Like some of Eris's backstory and some of uh, Sephiroth's, uh, you know, history and all that. Um, yeah. So it's just, I don't feel super strongly towards this game. I wasn't there when it first released. Um, so it probably doesn't crack like my favorite Final Fantasy games. But um, it's pretty clear to see how it was like a landmark entry into the genre and into like the 3D game space. Totally,
0: totally. That's that's a so, big thing. The CG was like a a monumental thing.
1: I mean, going from Final Fantasy VI to that, you know, <laughs> you
0: can imagine. <laughs> well, yeah. How the, blown minds! <laughs> I mean, the the fact that Final Fantasy VII was almost a two D game, you know, before it was mm-hmm. eventually brought to the PlayStation One. That's that's just to give you the idea of what that would look like.
1: Yeah, so, so I don't really have any like, you know. uh insightful comments or anything on it no well, um, um
0: it's been talked to death i don't know about, right. i don't know if you know about this final fight 7 has been talked to death but <laughs> i will say um one of my favorite things is when i go back to play that game even if i've beaten that game a few times it's always great to be able to talk to more and more of the npcs because a lot of them are like these people you would normally just skip over but they sometimes have like very insightful things that you just never noticed before that's like one of my favorite things about playing those old games because uh, it's like someone wrote this very few people may have paid attention to it or even initiated contact with that person. But I did. And this was like something I didn't really remember talking to him before. So that's like a cool thing to do when you're playing those old games. I feel
1: it's also, it's also kind of, you know, just, uh, interesting in a way to kind of imagine, like, how is this part going to translate to a remake and whatnot? Yeah. Like, like, for example, one thing I kind of had forgotten is Sid in this game he swears, like, every other line. Oh, yeah. And, like, if (laughs) T. Yeah. So, like, um, I'm just kind of imagining if, like, this was a character with the voice actor or whatever. If like, can you imagine him, like, swearing every other line and how that would come across, like, and all that? Yeah. Um, I assume they'll tone him down. But it's just things like that. Um, And, obviously, people have commented on, like, the early game... Cross-dressing scene and the honeybee and like yeah, those aren't gonna make it into there's, the. Re-
0: there's, there's actually like uh Oof. sexual violence in that game too, so that'll probably be removed as well. So <laughs> or Cloud they,
1: starts beating up Eris because yeah, he's that's, out. Yeah, that's yeah, like, uh, <laughs> that's
0: all totally happens and so. But obviously, they said that it's not going to follow the events of the original game, so it's or at least it's not a straight up just remake. It's uh, it's an episodic, uh, with a different story to be told, I guess. Seems, I have
1: seen some people like. I guess worried, or I wonder you know, why they'd concerned. be worried. <laughs> They're concerned that, like, that 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 the remake is going to change too much. And I'm like, let them give them some leeway and some flexibility to adapt the game. The original is still there, and it's on several different platforms. You can play it on, so. There's, if they yeah. change
0: things, that's fine. <laughs> There's two things, yeah. So, it's like the fact that, you know, they've got the liberty to do so. There's already plenty of PC mods if you want to get, make the original look good. But also, the original team's not there anymore, so, like, you can't really rely on that to be able to create that experience. So, if they change a lot, yeah, just go out and have fun I with I mean, it. if people want them to
1: keep everything the same and not change anything, like, just play the original.
0: Yeah. So, that's, that's really what it comes I to. I mean, mean,
1: I'm not saying a lot of people are saying that, but I have seen a couple people oh. just kind of...
0: There's, there's enough people talking about it, but yeah, you know like, that's it's it's something that like I'm very interested in, but I I feel like it could it could totally go wrong, and that's fine. But for me, it's just that I'm such a huge fan of that game that I'm open minded enough to really give it a try, which sounds like you are as well. So
1: yeah, now now we'll just have to see if we'll get to see it before 2020. <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh, Shenmue 3 will be out before then, and I think Shenmue 3 is supposed to be episodic as well, so that's, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that'll, that might be out sooner than that, which will be bizarre, uh, just to think about that. Uh, but, you know, Kingdom Hearts 3 is out next year, so I'm assuming right after that they'll be right into King, uh, to Final Fantasy 7, or they'll be moving on to Final Fantasy 16, so it's there's like a weird A-team, B-team thing that will likely be happening there. So.
2: I'm not really interested in that Final Fantasy VII Remake, but the thing that I am interested about is that since CyberConnect2 is no longer working on it, maybe they can finally start working on Strelka Stories. I've been waiting for that game for a while. What's that game called? Uh, Strelka Stories, the next game in the Little Tail Bronx series. Um, Tail Concerto, Soda Therobo. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry.
0: You just I I, I I I I thought I heard that, before, that name before, but yeah, Tail Concerto. Yeah, that'd be great. I actually didn't get to play Soda Therobo. Uh, when that great came game. out probably yeah.
2: my favorite DS game
0: so. I, I, I actually remember posting the birthday tweet for that and a lot of people responded very positive, positively to that even if when I, I remember when they first announced people were kind of iffy on it I was wondering uh, I should probably go back and play Token Sido sometime. sometime uh, that was a great PS1 yeah. game I heard so
2: Lot yep. of... Only problem with that is it's really expensive to get a copy. Yeah, it's not on.
0: It's not available digitally either, which is a big pain yeah, in the so ass.
2: like both of those games, are really hard to get. Like oh. concerto is like 150 bucks, and Solitaire is 120 bucks. It's yeah. Like, God. Yeah.
0: So, anything else besides Final Fantasy 7 you've been playing, Adam? Um, I talked about it last week, but I, I
1: finished up Etrian Odyssey. Um, uh-huh. So I'm trying to. Catch up on that series, like I mentioned. So I I don't want to like marathon it, or else I'll get sick. But
0: (laughs) you're making you're playing a lot of games that's more like uh, before, like you're like you're going to play these games before the new one comes out, which I think is well, like with that Train
1: Odyssey Five coming out, like you know what, I should ideally I'd play one through four before then. That probably won't happen, but just you know, I kind of wanted to see what that series is about, and I like dungeon crawlers, so I knew I'd like it, and I did.
0: It's a great series. Yeah,
1: just today I. I've been playing old games and review games for long enough that I need to catch up on some other 2017 releases. So I just started Horizon Zero Dawn.
0: You're gonna be um, ahead of me when it comes to like recent yeah. games. I'm so I've also stuff. I've also
1: played like way too many Japanese games in a row. It's like, all right, let's go with <laughs> all right.
0: Oh, that's a good <laughs> so, that's a good palate cleanser. Uh, yeah. Still with the RPGs, but you know that's fine. It's mm-hmm. obviously more action based, so that's better. Not like focused on dungeon crawling with one step. Yeah, so.
1: I've been playing so many niche games like I played like the Operation Babel and then God Wars and then like these really really niche games like all right time to play something triple <laughs> Yeah,
0: it's weird how yeah. you can be the go-to guy for dungeon crawlers when it used to be like either me or somebody else. So, that's good to have you around to do those things. <laughs> I love them but at the same time like it's bit of a They take a long load.
2: time. Yeah, they, they really take a do. long time. They're very And hard events, too. It's not like one of those long games where it feels like it goes by in an instant. Kind of like Persona I'd say. But it's like just really dense. You're constantly thinking about your party configuration, how you want to um, create your team, and the actual dungeon crawling. It's pretty intense.
0: Well, Atron Odyssey kicked my ass. I remember that. Like the, I mean, I don't know if it was four or three, but like I had a really hard time at the start of the game, and I was like, I was not having a good time <laughs> with that. But it's only when you realize an Etrian Odyssey four that you can totally game the the auto map system. That it's like whatever. It it comes a little trivial after that. But that's. It's still, I think that that series is incredible, uh, and it goes to these really dark uh, and uh, in, kind of insane level of uh, the 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 story content that it has. It goes to like these really dark toned places. So I'm, I'm I'm curious to see what your opinion is going to be, especially when it gets to like I forget if it's two or three, but it three, goes three, yeah, yeah, three's the, the one final boss.
1: Right? Like the three one uh, is kind of funny because it turns out it's like a climate change like story. Oh (laughs) yeah. Like the reason why, like the reason why this world exists is because of pollution and, uh, people back in the past didn't care about climate change. I thought that was kind of funny because I was playing it
2: the story in that you 3 is even crazier like i really don't want to spoil it but it's like you're gonna to have to see it for yourself it's oh. pretty out there
1: like like i obviously it was a pretty like bare bones thing like it's not a story focused game but i i was playing it like right around when uh trump pulled out of the uh like the paris thing the paris accord agreement oh. so i thought that was just kind of amusing like having this game like railing on it while i was while that was happening when i was playing it so all right yeah yeah so i'm going to start playing horizon soon and we'll see what that's about i know natalie reviewed it for our site and you know i remember when she was reviewing it obviously like that was before it released and nobody knew how good this game was going to be and like I, i was really curious like is this going to be just you know, it's Guerrilla Games, they made the Killzone series, and like, is this going to be actually any good at all? And then she was like, I was talking with her about it, and she's like, I really, really like this game. And then it got pretty critically well-received, and it's selling well, and so I, I wanted to try it out. I still feel like it's maybe getting a little bit, um, it, there's been so many good games that released in the first half of this year, so <laughs> I it's wanted good. to try
0: it out. Yeah, it's getting a little buried, but it got kind of buried by Zelda. So that's good to hear that. Uh, I mean, obviously, it sounds like you're only like minutes into the game. So yeah, I just like did,
1: I'm like in the tutorial. Like I, I haven't even met like the normal aged Aloy, just no, kind I of heard, child
0: boy. Yeah. I heard the opening it's pretty incredible. So uh, I'm sure that's a great way to start that game. So yeah, to let us know next week um, or next time you're with us to talk about that game some more because I'm very interested in it. Uh, I'm waiting for a sale before I jump into it, but I'm I've been very curious about it myself so
2: yeah once i get a few of the games off my backlog kind of taken care of i probably won't play it myself mm-hmm. i have a friend that just beat the game and got the platinum trophy so I could probably borrow it from him <laughs>
0: just like hey you're not gonna play anymore <laughs> no i'll have 200 more hours in it leave me alone uh for me then um it's been a little bit of uh, a couple of different things. Um, I haven't playing a whole. I have not been playing much games lately. Uh, I did dabble a little bit with the uh, Destiny two beta. Um, it went to open beta yesterday for PlayStation four and Xbox users. I think actually Xbox might be later. I'm not sure. Anyway, um, wait, it is both. I remember that. So um so is not on
1: PC, which I know a lot of people were complaining about. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's not. So uh, this is actually my first real. A taste of Destiny for the most part. I did play about an hour of the first game, just the first hour, but that's kind of it. So I felt like this would be a good way for me to really get into the series again. Um, and I was kind of turned off by a lot of the talk about the first game and the problems that it had, especially when it came to, like, changing the systems and all the tons of currencies that it had and all this kind of stuff. Um, but uh, this new game is made from the people that brought the Taken Keen expansion pack. Like, it's their, their home in this project. So it made me feel, like, a lot more comfortable with trying to get into this game just because of all the great things I heard about that particular expansion. So... For what it's worth, it's very it's a very basic um beta. Uh you get to first off choose one of three different classes, which I think it was like the the Titan, uh the warlock, and I'm blanking on the third one, but uh uh but the, yeah, there's three different classes you get to choose from. None of the stuff you do in the beta carries over to the third one. Uh so it's it's excuse me, it doesn't carry over to the main game. And so you won't be... Oh, it's Hunter. That was it. Sorry. I just remembered it. Uh, Hunter. Anyway, so you get to choose <laughs> the three classes, and there's uh, six subclasses, uh, which is kind of good, like you know, the job system. So the six subclasses, uh, that includes the three new subclasses that they added to Destiny 2, uh, which I believe was like the, um, the Sentinel, the Arc Strider, and the Dawnblade. Uh, yeah, unfortunately,
1: I'm not really familiar at all at destiny so yeah yeah i mean
0: this is just like me that's like james talking about monster it's like going to go over your head a little bit here but that's fine uh so in any case um so when you first start up the game you get to choose your class of course um and then you get to get one of the legendary weapons right away so you get like one of the best weapons that they've got just to try it out for the beta and then you get to choose between three different match types uh, to jump into. So there's no like hub world or anything like that. Actually, it starts off a little bit of a, a prologue that happens. That's kind of a, a little bit, a pretty serious uh, moment that happens. So anyone who's played the first game, this will be pretty impactful for what uh, your memory is of that first game. Like they really kind of throw it through a blender. So in this game, once you're done with the prologue bit, you get to j- either jump into a uh, strike. Which is kind of like a big like uh uh stages of uh of of a level that you go through, so it's like one big stage and you have to like fight through different sections of the map and then you go to like this big boss at the end of it that you have to fight
2: and take down with that uh, boss was so bullshit it oh was
0: a yeah, yeah, like the floor falling up below you and all i didn't
2: games. I didn't play it myself. I had a friend over, and it's like he 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 was like, um I have a hong kong p s n account also on my system, so I had it downloaded early and he sure. was in town It's like Hey, can I play that? It's like, uh, okay. (laughs) So I was watching him play it, and I was just like, oh, my God, this guy is... Kind of a
0: yes. Yeah, the strikes and the other and Destiny 1 were kind of like that too um, except for there was like different ones where like you were on floating platforms and stuff like that so it was a lot harder because uh, you didn't really have like this little area that you can hide behind walls as much. People found like ways to exploit the bosses too uh, but I couldn't really find one in this game. It was because even if you were like hiding behind a, a barrier they would send out minions to kind of you know track you down and attack you anyway or floating uh, minions too but uh, yeah, so that strike was – it was all right. I, I, had a, I had a decent enough time with that, um, and I felt like I really contributed, which is important. Uh, but the other two map um, match types were – one was a 4v4, uh, four, four, four players versus four players, uh, capture the flag. Actually, it wasn't capture uh, – it was actually capture the base, so like uh, capture the point. So you have to like uh, go to A, B, or C, and you have to like t- capture that point and kind of collect points. The more points you have, uh the more capture points you have. So there's one. And the other one was like a bomb defusal uh, set up here. So you have to like plant the bomb and, and protect it. Or the other team has to, of course, defuse the bomb. That was bad. Really bad. Because <laughs> what happens is that, so four versus four, it's not enough in my opinion. I mean... Someone who played a lot of Counter-Strike, uh, the map didn't seem to be great at that because there's a lot of choke points. And so what happened was that, also, if one person leaves, you keep playing. So for one of those matches, I was it was me on a team of three versus a team of four. And the other team was really good. Um... But it didn't really matter because I was still down to team member, and we were like, we were totally outgunned and outmatched. So we lost us uh, multiple times in a row, and we had no way of coming back because, yeah, it was just a lot easier for them to deal with us than it was if we had like evenly matched teams. And I think it should be like if someone quits out, they either get like banned or. <laughs> To be honest, there was one guy in that match that would not stop complaining over voice chat. I did not have I, I did not have voice chat up, but he just spent like a good 10 minutes just complaining. I was like so sick and tired of hearing him after a while. I was trying to be accepting of it because I was trying to not like, you know, spend up like mute my entire thing. But cause especially you don't really want to mute your voice chat in, in, in a game like Destiny just because you might need to use it. But boy, that guy was just not having any of it um but for the most part i had a I had a good enough time i just kind of wish i had more about the story and got to see the hub world but that's clearly not going to be part of this beta it's going to be for the main game because for me it's like that's kind of what's going to mean a lot and i heard that they're doing a way better job at incorporating the story into the game as opposed to halo uh, excuse me destiny 1 which is more about doing your research it was kind of like that final fantasy 13 thing you had to read like encyclopedia <laughs> yeah, like, De-
1: destiny 1 didn't have from what I understand, like there was no story it was within like the game. It was just
0: read the website or whatever it was. Exactly, and whatever was there was kind of hard to follow. It was very disjointed and mm. and poorly paced. And so this this one, and this was also true in Tick and Keen. The story was told a lot better uh, and more coherently. And so I'm curious to see what this will be. And you know, as someone who's a big fan of Halo, I played. Uh, I've not played Halo Five, but I loved the crap out of the other Halo games. I really wanted to give it a try, so I might pick that up. Um, besides that, though, the game I sadly I kind of forgot that I was playing, and then I went back to it uh, just this morning. Uh, Night in the Woods, which is an amazing game uh that i feel what is like that
1: again like I, I know you talked about it before but i honestly can't remember what it is
0: so you might know more about the visuals than it is about the game itself because it came out in about february so it's people who've seen like it's an adventure game set in a town where if anyone's seen like a uh, art like the uh, screenshots of like a cat that's walking around on, on two legs uh and going for, like side school in a like, 2d style on, on a on a 2d plane
2: anyway um it's cartoony it's, art style, not pixel art style. No, kind no, no, no. It's like no. It's, it's
0: it's it's definitely like a, a cartoon, which might be kind of you know trivializing it. It's it's a very it's a very it's a it's like a graphic novel style. Uh, that's probably not too much. It's like a it's like a, um, uh, it's like a, a more adult comic book in a sense, like a more adult cartoon style to it. Um, and it's 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 just um, it's got a lot of charm to it. Uh it kind of. Subverts your expectations a lot of the time, too, because what starts as sort of a innocent story about a girl who's a cat uh, that comes home because uh, she couldn't fit in at college, so she dropped out and just started to kind of take the train home. Uh, and realizes all the changes that have been made around town. Like, that's kind of the great setup for it is that, yeah, pe- a lot of people have been there. You know, they've come home or come to a place that they haven't been for a while and realize how much has changed. Like, the people that have changed, the friends have changed, schools, buildings, uh, stores have closed down. They used to hang out. The mall that you went to uh, is a shell of its former self, that kind of thing. So, it's got like a lot of those stories that I could totally relate to as somebody who went home after college and just noticed all these changes myself and just realized. Like I can't go back to these places anymore because they're not what you they start used to, to be. acknowledge
1: the transience of things you know?
0: exactly and and how other things have taken over like the internet of course and forcing places to shut down like for me recently I heard like one of the stores I went to all the time as a kid shut down recently because of money problems and so that's it's like that kind of thing that you totally can engage with uh especially as you if you're like a in your twenties or your thirties you can totally relate to experiences like that um but the way that the story develops in that game and goes places that you didn't expect it to go and it gets a lot darker um, in tone and in delivery and all these things that are happening and the interactions between um, uh, May, who's the main character, and her friends that she, she used to hang out with, like the way that they they develop, it even touches on topics that you don't really see in video games that much, uh, such as like mental health and stuff like that. It goes to these weird... Uh, but very important topics that... Um, and it touches on them that ways, like it kind of opened my mind about the way that it should be reacting. So you can kind of see that the developers themselves uh, may have experienced these problems. I mean, almost assuredly, uh, faced these problems themselves in their lives. And so they were able to, you know, kind of explore that and share that uh, experience that they had with the rest of the people that are playing their game. So um, I would say for for no doubt that way more people need to play this game. It's a great experience. It was only about eight hours, eight eight or seven or eight hours long. So it's not a long game, but it's only like 20 bucks, I think, or 15, 20 bucks. So... Didn't
2: it get kickstarted too or something? Yes, it did get kickstarted.
0: It did get kickstarted. And um, like I said, it was just a a crazy experience. I don't know if it really stuck the landing that well at the end of the game. uh, But... I enjoyed all that i played up to that point and it the way that it's structured that it's a day-to-day thing where you go to bed and wake up in the morning something new is going to happen uh just kind of made me sort of anxious about what could possibly what could happen after what i just experienced that kind of thing um and towards the end of the game it gets kind of into that a little bit more and more about like you know you're not safe even at home (laughs) so that's um a fascinating uh approach that they took with this game and like i said the style uh sort of uh is i don't know if it's it's so much subverts it's it's just like it's it it catches you off guard and you don't realize that this is the stuff that they're going to approach and so uh i had a great time with it and I'm, I'm glad I was able to finally beat it and, and say that I had a great experience with it. You're definitely going to hear more of it when we talk about Game of the Year stuff. I'll say that for sure. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. It's It's been a great experience. But uh, we'll, of course... Um, I'll be able to touch more about that when we get to that point. It's crazy to think that we're only about five months away from that whole discussion. So, uh, God, I have a lot of catching up to do. Me too. Me too.
2: <sighs> Luckily, God. that's
0: not until the start of January. Is typically when we do Game of the Year stuff. So we'll have a little bit extra time. But still, that's uh, that's a lot of money. I've got so spend.
2: many RPGs I need to play from yeah, this year. Absolutely. I got Near Combat out of the way, so I'm glad I got that one. <laughs>
0: So, for me, I mean, after this, uh, I did touch a little bit about there's the Neo DLC, which is out in a few days. So, I've been preparing myself for that. Defiant Honor, I'm very curious about that because they shared some more details about that, which is mostly just the stuff we already talked about before. Tanfas, Guardian Spirits, two story missions, which is kind of a bummer because the last one only had two story missions. So, it's another short one. Uh, but apparently, they're much bigger like,
2: maps. Is it like the missions in the original Neo where each story mission had submissions you could also do? Or yeah, is it just.
0: It's definitely got submissions and it's got bosses and new enemy types like there's like this monk. So that's
2: not too bad i there's, mean
0: there's like a monk that's covered in needles and so i'm scared by <laughs> thinking about that like it's going to shoot out the needles if you get too close and uh there's like a wind fan that blows up like a tornado if you use it and so it, like drags enemies away from you which you'll be curious to see how that'll do as far as elemental damage but um yeah that'll be out in a few days and i'll have of course, I'll take some video of that and put it up on our YouTube so people can check that out. Uh, yeah.
2: and I'll show Part them. of me wants to head back to Neo because I did go through it and get the Platinum Trophy. But also, Jeez, there's so many, many other minutes. games I want to play, and it's like, uh,
0: oh, the, I liked this... it
2: enough that I'd want to play some more, but I'm not sure if I should play some more when I've got so much else on my plate. You well, know? did you do the first DLC? No, I haven't done first. Yet.
0: I mean, these things are just like a couple hours, if that. Like, you can totally get through it, no problem. I would, I would say, you know, give it a try because, like, the new characters they introduced in the first one was, were pretty interesting, uh, with Masmuni Date and Maria, uh, but and then this new game, of course, they got Sonata. So I would say, you know, just it's 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 something you could done with like in an evening, really. It's not even that long. It's, but I, I guess it can. If you've got your platinum I'm assuming your level is pretty high so you'd probably be able to yeah. manage that yeah so for me I've been grinding every so often so my level's like at like 250 at this point but it's oh some gosh. yeah I've been playing a lot of it <laughs> uh, I may have got up like a little two to 300 hours in that game so but that's kind of just um, my experience with that but that'll be my next thing and then I might pick up crash Bandicoot uh when I'm not too busy playing like overwatch or something like that but I've also sure. mentioned before I need to play Valhalla but that's a different thing anyway Let's get into news. So for this week, there wasn't a whole lot that we can really talk about here. Um, but, you know, we've got other things coming up like Gamescom and stuff like that. So we'll be able to test more. And we've got new games coming up next week like I talked about. So for news, uh, one of the things that we had, um, which has been a, a great help for us, is that we've got Kite on the site. <laughs> yeah, that rhymed. Uh, who's been translating a lot of the interviews that we've been having. We'll have a great new feature coming up that's a translation of the RPGs. Uh, the best RPGs is voted by the Famitsu readers of all time. Uh, we'll have a translation of that on the site, so that'll be fascinating. But another thing he covered for this is a Famitsu interview um, that was with the, uh, what was it? the producer, the director, the artist, the designer, and the composer, I believe, of Nier Automata. And so uh, that's, you know, Yokutaro, of course, is the director. So we had all these people uh, did an interview with Famitsu. We asked a few questions with them. And so some of the things that we, I thought was kind of interesting is that uh, they did say that they're already approaching square enix about doing a sequel but they said that yeah they won't do one unless it's with this same core team that they've got like they they don't imagine them ever wanting to do a sequel unless they've got those team members with them which makes a lot of sense right because they've already got a good thing going why would you want to interrupt that it's clear that platinum games might be the first go-to that square enix even uses if they do green light the sequel but um as someone who doesn't play
2: green light one yeah right pretty sure. I mean, Nier
1: Automata has been extremely successful. Like, It's more successful... I mean, obviously, it has a different PC release, which helps a lot. But, like, it's more successful than Persona, for instance. Um, And I think someone someone was doing some number crunching. Like, it's outsold most of the Final Fantasy Steam releases. Um, Obviously, those were all delayed PC releases. But, like, Nier Automata has been really successful for them. For Square Enix, I mean. So...
0: I mean they have
1: they yeah. have incentive to to follow it up.
0: And it's clear. I, I think, I think I the only I,
1: I think the only Final Fantasy steam release that hasn't like outsold I think is like Final Fantasy VIII, which for some reason What's... is like a really really well-selling one. <laughs> um, hmm. so
0: I mean, it's got its fans but, I'm not going to sit here and talk about that, but I mean, uh, I did I did see that report that's uh near automata. Uh, according to steam, steam spy recently passed five hundred thousand copies yeah. sold on steam so yeah and and yeah of course on consoles it's already passed a million so that seems like you know that probably as far and they, they even said themselves Enix said themselves that it had up well at pace their expectations of that which mm-hmm. is kind of incredible and so i would love to see it myself and they also briefly touched on famitsu of course had to ask if they'd ever consider a remaster of near gestalt and replicant um and they did say they would be willing to do it, but they'll have to drag Yokutara in to add some extra features <laughs> to that. So, I mean, they did say if if uh, oh, boy, sold a well game enough, they fight. would. have...
2: I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh boy, a rhythm game boss fight. Yeah. <laughs> he did
0: say he'd rather do a, a, a crappy social game <laughs> instead, but uh, for a sequel to the game. But yeah, that's. I personally, I would love to see it. I think it would be great if they be able to bring. Um, the content to the West about it being, you know, near being uh, a brother to his daughter, a b- brother to Yona instead of a, a, a father daughter. It's a brother sister experience. That's what I forget. If that was Gestalt. I think might've been that. What's oh, that? Replicant. Replicant is
1: brother near Gestalt
0: is Papa near. Yes. Yes. So I think you that's know, just that uh, dynamic would have been interesting to see. Outside of the DLC. Part of me DLC. wants to
2: see a near remaster. And part of me wants to see another game in that universe. Mm. And I guess technically this would be a game in that universe. But what I've been seeing a lot of people mention, like around the time Scalebound got canceled, uh, Scalebound has a lot of similarities to Dragon and I think <laughs> having a Dragon Guard four by Platinum might actually be pretty interesting.
0: i would definitely be more interesting than Dragon Guard three was. Uh, I did not have yeah. a good time with that game. Outside of the, I mean, the stories and char- the story and characters aside, that gameplay was just awful. But I, uh, I mean, that'd be cool. Um, and I as mean, far Dragon as, Guard
2: 4 with the scale-bound gameplay or something like that. Uh, scale-bound gameplay didn't look good at all,
0: man. It looked kind of bland. Uh, I don't know if I'll, I'll uh, buy that. It was sh-
2: it
1: it different, so it makes it kind of hard to judge. It's, yeah. Really it. distance.
0: Then again, they were kind so. of forcing multiplayer in that game, so that's that might have hurt scale-bound's experience anyway because it seemed to yeah. be a very much a single-player experience until they had, like, here's more dragons and people <laughs> coming to join us. Uh but, yeah, I mean, they even said in the interview that Nier Automata wasn't really a sequel. It didn't really need to have the Nier name attached to it, but they kind of wanted to anyway for, like, marketing purposes. So they don't really need to have, like, the same universe or whatever. Just the same style is
2: enough, in my opinion. And they could if totally it's a Yoko Taro game that's not a mobile game, it's going to be the same universe. Yeah.
0: Sino Alice apparently is doing extremely well, uh, yeah. which kind of shocks me just because I didn't have a great time with that game either. But uh, apparently, yeah, it's it's... Doing very well on the charts, like in the top five or ten or something like that. It's kind of crazy. Um, is there
2: actually a uh, no. English release of that or is it no. Japan only?
0: It's only Japan only at this point. The game's not hard to get through if you don't know Japanese, of course, but right now the only way to do it is like, you know, download the APK or something like that. So it's it's yeah. at this point though, no, it's only Japanese. And they haven't indicated that they're going to bring it over, but Scrainix did say they want to put a lot more focus on. Uh, localization of their mobile games and so that seems to be like prime meat for them to bring that over considering how popular Nier is. So uh, we'll find out. Yeah. So aside from that, uh, the other two pieces of news that we've got here, the only other two, uh, one is that Ben and Nemco confirmed this week that .hack G.U. last week code, which is the bundled uh, remake of the first three games, uh, excuse me, all three games of the .hack G.U series will be receiving a physical edition in north america now i didn't realize this at the time until i looked it up later apparently this was already confirmed for europe to be digital and physical we just in north america had no word if there was going to be a physical version but they did come through with that so that's pretty cool uh that's good to hear yeah as someone who's a big fan of that series that seems like an easy buy it kind of reminded me um I, i remembered when i looked this up before is that one of the cool things that they did in japan is that if you pre-ordered, uh, I don't know if it's Infection or whatever, like the first, uh, the first four games, of the Dot Hack, which was Infection, Outbreak, Mutation, and Quarantine. Uh, if you pre order that, you actually got a box, like it was just a box, kind of like what uh, XC did with Chillsicle Steel, a box to fit in. Oh was, yeah, uh, the box to fit in the. Um, the uh basically
1: the series the series as, into one other place.
2: exactly and that's a, a amazing thing and that then they, they did. eventually ended up uh, selling all four games in one package too yeah
0: so. i'm pretty sure they did and i've seen like ebay listings where they basically sold it with that and once and one thing but it was ridiculously expensive it was like uh, 500 bucks or something like that it was that's, that's highway
2: robbery because yeah. i mean at it, at ax there was a Who's selling one of those like bundles of the four games for I want to say 60 dollars
0: for the whole like. thing? Yeah, or Japanese. Yeah, is it Japanese or English? Japanese. Oh God. Okay, you almost gave me a heart attack. I thought you were saying English. <sighs> I was like, what the hell? <laughs> I've been waiting to get quarantined all these years, and <laughs> I've got the first three. I just can't afford the fourth one. It's it's ridiculous.
2: Uh, well, as someone that is a fan of CyberConnect Two. And has wanted to get into the Dot the Hack series. I am very glad that this HD remaster collection is actually happening.
0: Yeah, I mean it's going to be on PS4 and PC, right? It's on Steam, yeah. so that's uh, that's amazing. And I kind of feel like as just uh, as a fan, I owe it to myself. And it helps that I think it's like it's only going to be uh, fifty bucks. It's not like a full press game, so. Uh, And with Prime, that's forty, so that's easier to swallow. And I think I I might just pick it up because of that. But it helps for collectors, also helps for people, of course, who don't have the good connection and don't want to use up the data um, to be able to download all those games in one big bundle. So that's yeah, that's that's going to be pretty huge
2: because even though it's just two games, I mean, that's four of them, and they're going to have HD textures and whatnot. I'm assuming. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and we were talking earlier at the start of the podcast how remasters or even just ports of old games like can be valuable to people um who didn't get a chance to play them when they first released and are they're rare now so especially getting them onto a place like steam where they'll presumably be available for a long long time is really nice absolutely um absolutely so like
2: correct me if i'm wrong but dot hack had multiplayer that you could play right
0: no it was always a single player uh outside of dot hack link which is a totally different thing. And there was actually, there was in fact in Japan, dot uh, .hack the world, I believe it's called, uh, which was in fact, an online multiplayer game of the dot .hack universe. It, it didn't last, that; I think it only
2: lasted like a year, if that. Uh, so it didn't I, last I wanna that I want to say that there's private servers for those. Like uh,
0: I- oh, I'm sure there is. Uh, but yeah. that, I'm just mentioning of course, that that did exist at one point, but in the original games, no, there wasn't any online connectivity. It didn't bounce with the PS2 network adapter or anything like that. It was purely an offline game set in an online universe.
2: Um, Yeah, I guess the reason why I was confused is because I've, I've watched the anime and it's like that's, basically sword art online before sword art online was a thing God,
0: don't say that don't
2: link the two <laughs> Act, i like how people I mean, are, are much see... better series than sword art online I'm it just
0: kidding. bums me off because people like dot because is a Soda online ripoff i'm like are you freaking kidding me
2: i'm not saying it's a ripoff i know just...
0: you're not i'm saying i've i've heard i've seen people do that i'm i know for a fact you know you know better than that uh but it's it's something that uh obviously sword art online was so popular that we talked about this before it did not feel like they had any urge to go back to dot .hack just because Sword Art Online is the new one of those pretty much. Uh, but it made me so happy, especially because in college I had to sell my copies of uh, the dot. I did own the- all three GU games. I actually got them like a buy two, get one free at GameStop at one point. So oh, wow. I, all- I only paid like 40 bucks and I got all three. So at that time, I mean, even now, like that's kind of ridiculous when you think about it uh, to be able to own all those games for such a low price. Uh, and they were like like new condition with manuals (laughs) but i had to sell them because i was i was really low on money i couldn't afford uh to not sell away a bunch of my games so that was a big bummer i i got to the third game and i couldn't i only played like 10 minutes of it before i I hit those money problems so this has been a this is like a great thing for me to be able to go back and play that game without having to like find my playstation 2 and all this crap and be able to experience it the hopefully the best quality it can be but we'll find out for ourselves. Uh, and the fact that they're doing like all these changes to it, like they talked about, like in the in the press release, like you know, it's sixteen by nine, which of course didn't exist back then. At least it didn't wasn't as popular as it is now. Um, and HD textures, as you said, and the gameplay changes. But they also said besides that, like there's going to be changes that they haven't announced yet. So we don't know what else they're going to do in those games that might be important to it, like whether there's going to be like a we were talking last week about Final Fantasy XII. Maybe there's a fast forward feature because those those battles and things like that. Those, it, there's a real like a deliberate slash slow pace to the DOTA games that could really benefit from having that, especially GU when you're like trying to like initiate combat it can be, it take a little bit longer than you want to to get to combat and attack an enemy and get out of it uh, the original dot hack four games were pretty quick i guess in comparison yeah, and
1: um, f- and fast forward features like i was just playing final fantasy 7 and i use that fast forward feature all the time especially if you're replaying the game oh yeah it's 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 so nice <laughs> like <the> story yeah <laughs> Like you, I can't imagine playing either Final Fantasy XII or Final Fantasy VII without it now, kind of thing. No, so
0: I honestly I would play those games. I mean, besides the fact that you're playing an enhanced version, so you get all the benefits of that too. So,
1: well, it's for replays though. It's just especially it, it's it's a very nice convenience. Yes, it is a little bit cheap maybe, but it's it's a nice convenience to have. So like if they're doing if they're gonna if they're gonna add something like that or whatever is you know i'll totally take it
0: it's totally what people do with emulators right like they always hold down the <laughs> fast forward button when they're trying to get through battle so they can level up without having to like wait all that time to level up so yeah mm-hmm. i totally get that and i i think that that's uh an amazing feature that i i wouldn't be bummed i guess if they got rid of it uh if they improved the load times in the dot gu D- 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 games but i guess we'll have to find out um but they said there's unannounced features and i'm very curious exactly what they mean by that Whether it's going to be a cheat function or whatever, uh, I guess we'll find out. Aside from that, though, there was also... uh, They dated the Undertale uh, release on PlayStation 4 and Vita. It's going to be out on August 15th. It's cross-buy, which they already confirmed back uh, during E3 when this was first announced. They also said that anyone who pre-orders Undertale on PlayStation Network will be able to get a free dynamic theme... Uh, and it comes with a new music track by Toby Fox and and some new art and stuff like that which is kind of a cool thing to have considering the game is only 15 bucks uh, so that's a and it's only it's ten dollars on PC so
2: 15 bucks on consoles not bad especially if you get in both versions um, you can also uh, pre-order the uh, physical copies too, and they come with the theme
0: yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so there's the and the physical versions 100. on standard uh, the standard edition is 25 bucks Uh which comes with, like, a, I think a mini art book that comes with that. And then the yeah. collector's edition is $65, which comes with, like, the entire soundtrack, an art book. I'm blanking on it the other stuff. It comes
2: with this, like, locket thing.
0: Oh, I've got it up here. Okay, yeah. So it's got the sheet music booklet uh, with all the songs with annotations by Toby Fox, which will be fascinating, actually, to be able to kind of get into the mind of this stuff because he did on Tumblr not long ago release like the uh in progress versions of his tracks and they are kind of a lot different than what the final versions were so it's kind of it'd be kind of interesting to see what his mind was at and how he found ways to improve on it cuz like this is a guy who was already an accomplished composer before he made this game and so being able to get that insight would be kind of amazing to think about especially if you're like a budding musician yourself and then yeah. there's yeah that uh there's a brass music box locket 14k 14k gold plated uh, a sturdy matchbox style collector's box it shows and then of course the standard edition copy but this is um the standard in physic and and collectors that's for PS4 vita and PC so even if you already own the PC version or you only want it for PC you can totally pick that up and still be able to have that so uh, and on the site we actually have a post that has a preview of that dynamic theme for people who are interested in that just search for Undertale so yeah is there anything else that I missed as far as news guys I think we're pretty good though
2: Um, let me check quick what I've got in my email inbox there might have been something missed. I know there's
0: a like Comic Con news out the, at the butt right now like there's a ton of stuff they're showing at this point I think, I, think we're, I think we're okay, though. We'll, we'll just continue. Anything we missed uh, this podcast, we'll just continue on with the next one. So yeah, yeah, we'll give that a go here. So yeah, for anyone who's listening, uh, if you want to find us, you can always find us on rpgsite.net. You can find us also on Twitter at rpgsite. You can find us on facebook.com slash rpgsite.net. On our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash rpgsite.net, which you can check out course the ongoing journey of Valkyrie Chronicles 3 uh and also i posted a dumb video of fire pro wrestling world of a simulation battle royale of the final fantasy characters basically the only ones i could find i'll have to do more of those because they're kind of goofy but they're fun to watch uh, you can always find us on itunes just search for tetracast it'll show up my name usually along with it Zacharys. so also our discord link discord.me slash rpgsite uh, typically active community there just go check it out have some fun chat with friends and finally we like to share where you can find us on twitter so james since you're the new guy where can they find you on twitter
2: at the suite t-h-e-s-w-w-e-e-t
0: see i didn't realize at the time that that was your username so when you showed up on discord with that username i was like okay all right <laughs> who is
2: just <this? laughs> who's this yeah.
0: guy so it's,
1: it's the suite only with two w's okay
0: yeah. yeah pretty much all right and adam where can they find you
1: K-I-N-G underscore S-E-D-A.
0: Keen Seda, Great. And, of course, you can find me at Zach Reese. I like to keep it simple. Only one with the normal
1: username. Yes, of course. So
0: keep it simple. Keep it straight. Uh, so, yeah. Um, thanks, everyone, for p- listening in on this recent podcast that we've been doing. We'll have another one next week, as always. Uh, thank you, Adam. Thank you, James, for being a part of this one. And everyone else, catch us next week for another edition of the TetraCast. Bye, everyone.